current projects that you know have uh, have some headwinds from from interest rates are still still executing on their value add plan, which you know as as we look at deals, that's uh, the key. You're listening to Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures from multifamily properties, mobile homes to cryptocurrencies. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets and finally create wealth without Wall Street. Now your host, Jack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Alternative Investor Mastermind. Uh, today is going to be a little different. This is uh, more of a recap episode of uh, my recent trip to Dallas. Um, however, I'm going to talk about uh, both some current investments that we uh, are in that uh, I was able to tour, uh, as well as uh, um, the uh, Marina RV Park investment, which we made in uh Fund two that's going really well, and I, I met with that operating team, and uh, they're working on some new acquisitions um, in the uh, coming weeks. And um, also uh, met and spent some time with our uh, oil and gas uh, partner. That's uh, an investment I have personally, and uh, I've had uh, Bruce on the podcast before. So um, if you have interest in oil and gas, the the major benefit there is it can offset active or W two income. So we are getting up uh, towards uh, the end of the year, and if you're doing tax planning, um, it can be a um, interesting way to, uh, you know, offset um, some current uh, tax burden for the year 2023. So uh, the main reason for uh, this trip was uh, there was an investor event for uh, the Marina RV Park investment, and uh, you know I. I already did a fair amount of diligence because fund two made an investment into uh, uh, a fund called windless marinas. And uh, we, we got it in a unique time. Um, the group had already bought two Marina RV parks and uh, they were just finishing out the uh, final few hundred thousand of the raise. So they'd already closed on the assets. They'd already been operating them, but uh, they had a little room left in their fund to uh, finish raising um, some capital for capital expenditures and improvements. So uh, we had the benefit of coming in at the very end. And, um, you know, as someone who's focused more heavily on multifamily in the, in the last few years, um, really intrigued with the uh, um, Marina RV Park business plan. Um, the cap rates uh, can be 12% or more. And, um, there's generally a, a immediate current cash flow, and I know uh, from talking to our investors, uh, there's certainly a demand for current cash flow, which is, uh, you know, was was much more difficult to find on a heavy value add over the last few years. Um, with current market conditions, I think there's been a, a new focus on cash flow, um, you know, on multi. But you know, to get a 12 cap is really, you know, not heard of in in the standard multifamily or really any of the traditional syndicated asset classes, whether it's storage, mobile homes, et cetera. So uh, really unique. Um, it's a mom and pop business model. It's a roll up model. So um, most of the, uh, the, the sellers have, have owned these marinas 20, 30, 40 years. And, um, you know, they're at the moment too small for a larger private equity fund. There are a few large private equity funds that do uh, invest in marinas, but 
Um, the, the, this market is perfect to do a roll-up where uh, they're you know aggregating and buying a bunch of smaller marinas, and if they can put together 10, 15, 20 marinas over the next uh, five years or so and execute on their plan, uh, the exit strategy is going to be significantly to sell at a significantly lower cap rate to a larger PE fund who uh, is just not going to go after the smaller acquisitions that our partners are going after. Um, you know, one of the examples I heard uh, while I was there last week is that, you know, one of the prior owners, instead of having, you know, an accounting, you know, an advanced accounting software to track all of their, their, their uh, docs, they literally had post-it notes uh, on a on a map essentially that showed you know who owned uh, which dock and there was little check marks on did they pay the rent that month, um, so ultimately I think there was some type of accounting software but they were not tracking the docs through uh, more sophisticated property management rent collection software so um, these are the inefficiencies in the market and uh, you know it's uh, I think a great asset class that we're excited about and we're gonna uh, continue to invest in both through fund two. Um, and we will likely have some individual um, opportunities as well. So um, we'll be continuing to put content out. And I actually recorded a live podcast with um, Matt Layton and uh, Josh Conley um, from uh, New Haven Marinas. So we will have that episode out in uh, in a few weeks, and we'll likely do some uh, some additional highlighting. With them. Next, I was able to take a tour and uh, get an update on uh, one of our investments, uh, the uh, Tides Lakeview in uh, Garland, Texas. Uh, Garland's about 30 minutes east of Dallas, and this was an asset purchased in uh, 2021. So, uh, you know, it was purchased, uh, you know, with a bridge loan when when rates were were still uh, very close to zero, and. Uh, you know, it had a heavy value add business plan. Um, so there, there's been some challenges with interest rate increases uh, with this asset. I know a lot of people are uh, concerned. Uh, there's a fair amount of headlines about bridge loans. There's a uh, you know a couple high profile issues in 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 Houston. Nothing that we were involved in, um, but you know the the bridge loans have have made the news and. Um, you know, fortunately, this asset, um, at least execution-wise, uh, appears to be going pretty well. Um, there's 44 units that have been uh, um, renovated over the the past uh, two years, and uh, average rent increase from prior rent is $324. So that's a 35% increase above prior rents, and um, we're actually 6.7% higher than uh, the the underwritten uh, rents. Uh, classic units uh, that uh, have not been renovated have uh, had a 10% increase over previous rents. So, um, you know, overall, we're, we're consistently increasing rents, whether a unit is renovated or not. Um, you know, with that said, um, the initial, um, you know, earlier stage, uh, the vacancy rate ticked up because of, of higher renovations. And... Uh, you know, moving forward, there's a push for uh, for occupancy to uh, make sure we keep that occupancy in the in the low 90s. Um, you know, while I was on site last week, the uh, you know the physical occupancy was 84 percent, but they are pre-leased uh, just above 90 percent, and uh, that 90 percent is a key metric. So we want to keep 
um, keep, keep occupancy high. And, uh, you know, with, uh, with the bridge loans and the potential, uh, um, you know, expiration of interest rate caps or needing to purchase new interest rate caps, uh, um, in, in year three, um, it's, it's important to keep occupancy high and to just grow, grow net operating income as, as, as much as possible so that when we go to refinance or, uh, potentially sell, um, we've increased that net operating income significantly. And, uh, although cap rates have expanded in, um, you know, in, in Texas and, and especially in Dallas, not as significantly as interest rates have moved. Um, the cap rates are, are much more tied to the five and the 10 year. And, and those have ticked up in recent weeks as well. Um, but, uh, the other, um, good thing about this asset is, uh, although we've renovated 44 units, there's still a significant amount of units to continue to renovate. And we've demonstrated that the uh, rent growth can be significant on a renovated unit. So um, that actually helps keep the cap rate uh, somewhat compressed because the new owner does uh, factor in the, the ability to continue to value add and raise rents. Lastly, I was able to catch up with our uh, oil and gas operator, um, met up with uh, Bruce and, um, and hung out at their office a bit and got an update on, uh, on oil and gas. And um, you know, they uh, have a unique model. Um, we've, we've talked with a number of, of oil and gas operators. And uh, you know, what, I, what I like about uh, uh, Bruce and the DW model is they're not actually the ones drilling themselves. What they're doing is tracking the larger um, firms that are are drilling, and they're able to actually uh, uh, buy up or, or lease uh, the mineral rights in the vicinity where the other big operators are drilling, and uh, that allows them to participate. So, uh, I love that business model. It takes a lot of the operational risk out of things, and uh, you know, it in many ways mirrors what uh, JCAM Investments does on our investments. Uh, you know, meaning we we actually. Uh, partner and uh, piggyback off of the operations of, of very experienced, well-capitalized firms, and uh, you know that takes a lot of our risk out of play by not having to deal with the the operational execution and the overhead and uh, everything that comes with it ourselves, and uh, plugging in with um, high-quality partners that have that experience, the infrastructure in place, and the deal flow, um, which is extremely important. Um, you know, there's thousands of, of permits filed for, you know, for potential drilling. And ultimately, you know, there's a lot less of them that are drilled by institutional quality billion dollar company operators that, you know, have the, the, the money to do all of the due diligence to um, make it almost certain that oil is going to be going to be found as opposed to um, you know, a smaller operator who's just drilling uh, a small well somewhere and hoping, hoping to find oil. Um, that's what we, we certainly want to avoid. So, you know, overall, my takeaways are that, um, you know, now is still a great time to invest, even with interest rates higher. Um, there's great opportunities. Um, our, our current projects that, you know, have, uh, have some headwinds from, from interest rates are still still executing on their value add plan, which, you know, as, as we look at deals, that's, uh, the key I have said over and over again, if, if you can execute on the value add, if you're raising rents, uh, through renovation and forcing appreciation, um, that business model works in any market. 
Uh, we are also seeing some interesting new opportunities. Uh, the, the latest offering that uh, you know, we put out, um, the uh, Creekside opportunity, um, that's actually being bought from a REIT. And uh, it's a private REIT that has the ability to do redemptions. And because of redemptions, they were uh, uh, they chose to sell this asset. And they are actually selling it at a, a discount to where it was purchased a few years ago. So we are seeing some great new opportunities. They're, they're in some ways distressed. This was actually distressed because of the liquidity needs of the fund, not because of a problem with the property. But um, they were somewhat pressured into having to sell this one um, at, at not the most opportune time. And uh, that's a, a benefit for us and our, our investors. And uh, there's a new opportunity that's going to be coming out, um, you know, late this month, early September. And that one is more of a distressed opportunity. That's actually coming from a syndicate that has a bridge loan that uh, you know is is uh, you know facing pressure to sell because otherwise they'd have to raise additional capital to cover um, the interest rate uh, increase for the coming years. So um, that's going to be a unit we're buying at a significant discount off of where it sold last time, and uh, I don't know exactly what the limited partner returns will be from that deal that we, you know, we were not involved in the previous deal. It's not someone that we had worked with, but, um, you know, some of those investors are probably going to be lucky to break even because it is going to be sold at a, at a discount to its prior purchase price. So, um, you know, their, their loss is, is our opportunity. And, uh, you know, for those investors who, uh, you know, have been on the sidelines or were worried that real estate was overpriced, um, yeah, we are seeing some some really good entry points uh, at this stage, and uh, we're entering with uh, you know good loan to value uh, debt that's fixed for the um, duration of the of the project plan, whether it's three years or five years, uh, basically prepaying um, and locking in interest rate caps to get a fixed rate uh, for the term of our our business plan, and uh, it, it's a great overall opportunity. So. Um, lots of uh, good things happening and um, still a lot of noise there in the economy. I don't know what's uh, exactly when interest rates move, but if a deal pencils out today with these rates, um, there's a lot of built-in upside if, if rates do uh, decline. And, and frankly, if rates remain high for a longer period of time, it likely means inflation is going to continue to remain high. And uh, I'm a firm believer that even the inflation statistics that are published are, are likely understated. Um, there's a website called Shadow Stats that shows how they used to calculate inflation. And if you look at Shadow Stats, uh, you know, inflation, the old way they calculated it would be significantly higher. So I think some of this is, uh, you know, just uh, trying to skew the numbers for, for good press. Um, you know, what we see across the board is inflation's continuing, um, rents are increasing. Um, even in areas where the headlines say rents have, uh, have stalled, um, we're seeing in, in the workforce housing, the, you know, class B apartments, uh, that you can't build for the, the cost of purchase at this point. Uh, those rents have been, have been stable or, you know, and increasing both on the classic unit renovations and especially on the newly renovated, um, value add units. Um, we're, we're still seeing significant rent growth, both through forced appreciation and surpassing the uh, pro forma rents in, in nearly all cases across 40-plus uh, uh, 
uh, properties were, were invested in across our series of funds. So, um, hope some of this recap w was helpful. Um, you know, this is active passive investing. We're, you know, we're on the road. I, I'm traveling to conferences. I'm, I'm looking at opportunities. I'm talking with sponsors and then updating our investors on, uh, on what we, what we've, uh, uncovered. So, um, hope this is helpful. We'll, we'll keep these coming. Um, have a bunch of videos and, uh, other, uh, content from my trip last week. So, uh, we'll be putting that out in the coming days or weeks. Um, check out our uh, new uh, Facebook group. We, we've got uh, a Facebook group for Alternative Investor Masterminds, so please connect with us on, on Facebook. And uh, we're also on uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, pretty much all of the social media platforms, uh, even Twitter X, we have an account. So um, please stay in touch with us. Reach out if you have uh, questions or topics you want to discuss, and uh, we'll uh, see you on the next episode. That's all for this episode of Alternative Investor Mastermind. Now that you know the many alternative opportunities out there all up for the taking, you can finally become ultra-connected and ultra-wealthy. Get more valuable advice from the experts by subscribing to the show at alternativeinvestormastermind.com. Become a winner in the world of passive investing today in alternative investment strategies. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.